I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Hello and welcome to the Talking With Giants podcast, the podcast that is completely free across all platforms to everyone, everywhere, unless your name's Derek Beaumont, then it'll cost you 30 quid and you can go listen from another room. Despite the difficulties in watching the game, two thirds of today's panel were at the game, whereas I listened to it on the radio. Joining myself, Matt Shaw, this week, you've got the yin and yang of Huddersfield Giants fandom, it's Nathaniel Wood and Jake Rowlands. How are you doing, chaps? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Not bad. So Josh isn't with us this week, but he has sent us a, a little message, uh, which we'll play shortly. But let's get into Lee 6, Huddersfield Giants 44. First of all, guys, you, you both went to the game. How did you find being back in a stadium, even though it was only 2,000 people? It's, it came across well on the uh, on the radio, so you must have uh, enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, it was really good for me. You could park close to the ground, straight in, straight out afterwards. A little bit bamboozled to some COVID restrictions. Uh, you know, stewards made a, a point of coming up, giving a few Giants fans a ticking off from time to time. And then you looked across in Lee stand to right and it's absolutely nobody with masks on over there. So you think, well, you know, if you're going to enforce it, you've got to enforce it for everybody. Um, for me, I don't see a problem not having a mask on in an open stadium like that. You know, um, you know, people are letting you have them, on in work, have them, have them off in workplace now. So, you know, I just uh, I don't get some of these restrictions to be honest, but um, yeah, good to be back and uh, good to see probably hundred or so Giants fans there as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought I thought it was safe as well. One way system down, and you were social distance if you want in your own bubble. So uh, overall, yeah, I thought it was very safe and good. Like Jake said, great to be back watching the boys live. A little bit of cowbell coming across the uh, the airwaves as well, uh, which uh, you guys will probably think is not a bad thing. Uh, First half, guys, quite tight. Uh, Giants going in ten uh, six up after a yeah tight first half. Um, T and Lewis Tierney got uh, them off to a great start, but what a nice little break and uh, an offload by Jake uh, by Jack Cogger, eh? Yeah, we said to Jake, me and Jake were there, and we spoke at half time, and we said first twenty minutes were probably a bit slow. We probably started a bit slow, and probably thought, oh, no, here we go. We beat Warrington, we turned to a game we're expected to win, and we'll get turned over, but. They seemed to shake that off after 20 minutes and we got back into an arm wrestle with them and we looked in control of the arm wrestle there, to be honest. I don't think we looked actually look like conceding again after that and we went in 10 six at half time and, you know, four points is not a massive difference, is it? So you never knew what was going to happen in the second half. But yeah, Cogger, he saw the gap and I think a few Giants fans were calling for it when he saw the gap and fair play to Latelli, he saw that Jack Cogger get the ball up and backed up and it was nice for Ricky to cross over and I think, like I said, I think we needed that second score, didn't we? After Tini scored, I think we needed the next try. So, uh, great play by Cogger. I think it's coming to his own now as well. So, yeah, good play. Jake, yeah. I actually I actually thought we didn't do a bad first five minutes, to be honest. We made a couple of breaks down left and we looked really threatening. I think we must have knocked on. It's like where I started to tell when players are going, you know, you're sort of defending the side fans are at when you're behind sticks. 
we looked like Wardle or uh, sorry, Lutelli had made a bit of a break and then shipped it on to Darnell and then tried throwing it back inwards, I think. And it went, we either knocked on or, I, 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 well, no idea what happened down there because we can't see replays of that, of that bit until it's back on Giants TV. But we looked quite threatening. And then the, the thing that disappointed me was the rest of the half, they didn't seem to go back to that side. We kept on going to right and we just didn't look as comfortable or the, the attack just didn't look as fluent down that side. And we made quite a few errors and knock-ons and like Nat said, it was a bit of an arm wrestle. We, we stuck in at one point. I was a bit worried because Greenwood went off quite early first half injured Matt English came on and did an exceptional job and then it was just um, the Yates looked like he were blowing at one point quite heavily and um, I just thought oh I want to show to be honest going in at half time could have been a bit of a banana skin but like I said come out second half total total different attitude and I think Lee were just out on the feet and the last 10 minutes I think they'd all but given up to be honest because you know a couple of tries we scored at the end you know, should really, probably shouldn't really have scored, to be honest, especially that last one. I think they've just completely given up at that point. Uh, Nat, you can always tell when you, you win in the arm wrestle when the other side give away numerous penalties and uh, you've got a man there on the field who who took the Giants round well and, and kicked those, knocked those over and really set us on the way. And you can see how heavily involved Aidan Caesar was throughout that. Um, the second half was a bit of a riot, like Jake says, 34 unanswered points. Um, special mention as well to that Kenny Edwards try with little uh, little side pass, little side flick, and what we love about about Kenny is he's, a, he's an absolute shit house, isn't he? He's brilliant at the, the shit houseery and the way that he went over the line, and he just decided we're going to go over the line and uh, and take someone's knees out along the line <laughs> along the way as well. If you've seen that on Sky Sports, it's, this is why we love Kenny, isn't it? But um, some of those tries were fantastic in the second half. There was the Edwards one that uh, Trout. Uh, fantastic offload as well. He's, he looks like he's he's really coming, you know, coming along and stepping up as well. Um, great offload for you know in the build up to Jerry's try as well. Um, just a fantastic second half. It was great listening. It must have been great watching as well, Jake. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Owen Trout. You know, I think Craig Harrison agent said a while back. You know, you need to give be giving these young lads a chance. If they make a couple of errors, don't just you know get them out at first team straight away. Back to you know, um, let, let them back up week on week and see what they can do. And I think he's gradually improving, you know, every week. And mm. I was really impressed with him at uh, Lee. thought he made some brilliant yards. It looks like he's playing more of a prop role than a second row role. Um, and he just, yeah, he's, looks looks the part. I mean, all his forwards looked good. You know, you can't single any of them out, really. You know, they all played the part. Kenny especially, you know, he's looking really dangerous. He just seems to have have much more to his game this, this year than last year. If you've read some of his articles online about giving up drinking um, and sort of the lifestyle, it's obviously having a paying dividends for him because he's, um, it just looks really threatening every time he gets ball. It just looks a real handful. Um, and, you know, when you've got Kenny and Low Telly down that side, it's it, we just look really dangerous. You know, and I think we'll win. You know, if we keep, can keep them guys fit and in that sort of form. Um, they'll cause a lot of teams a lot of trouble <laughs> for the rest of the season. Yeah, I thought second half we were. We're really good. I know, like Jake said, Lee probably tired of it and give up a bit, but they've tried, they still need scoring, don't they? And we did well. We kept the foot on the gas. And I think we, we saw an opportunity there to put a few points on and maybe get his points difference up. And fair play to him. The, you, know, you mentioned Caesar, Matt, and just being back there watching him, you know, watching him behind the play and organising and telling people where to go. He's, he makes a massive difference to this team off the ball more than just on the ball the way he knows where everyone should be and he's too you know for me he's truly a class act he's one of the best we've seen at Giants for a long time he's probably there with your Brit Oceans and your Danny Brooks and I just wish that we were allowing Grand more to see him mm. see him live um, but yeah like I said I went really impressed yesterday um, I thought 
the other two games, give a couple of penalties away, and I thought I'm just not sure he's, you know, it takes a time to warm up and you can't really afford that. But yeah, yesterday he came straight in, he made a massive impact straight away, and like I said, nice offload for one of the tries and to get us moving. Kenny Edwards, like I say, is just a proper shit house. He just does not care. Love him. Love him. Winds people <laughs> up or not, he just he'll wind them up and. He's just a character overall. Um, special shout out to him as well. I just want to mention it. I don't know if Jake saw it. After the game, we were all singing his name and singing his song, and he was dancing off field. And he ran straight off to the sideline to grab a pair of boots. He signed a pair of boots and gave it to a young Giants fan over there. So, massive, you know, something like that, that, that sticks with kids, doesn't it? So, to me, it's a massive shout out to Kenny Edwards just for being the man you are and the character you are. Like, we love seeing you playing. You know, which you've been a great signer since you came, and it's so yeah, it's becoming a huge fan's favourite. Yeah, big... one thing I was a, was a little bit disappointed about. I thought Ian Watson had come over to fans and clap or you know at least, but we didn't see see no of him really. I thought either before the game or after the game he might have come over and just clapped, but um, maybe, maybe he will at Wakey. Or he might not have a choice given the fact the players are so close to fans at Wakefield. Once more, well, yeah, I think we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll stand behind the bench, don't we? So yeah, I think he'll he'll turn around and give us a clap. We're sure if we all sing his name, he'll he'll turn around. But like I so, said, yeah, I thought he might come over, but it was good to see players. Um, I think the main bit I took from it when someone asked me today were just the last try when Michael Lawrence scored. You know, Lawrence scored, picked the ball up, took the ball into the crowd, and. Every single one of them just wants to jump in and be part of it. They just want to sell. The fans want to be part of it. The players want to be part of it with the fans. And you got that real tight club family experience back from being there. So, yeah, we're good to see them all smiling at the end. And Caesar and Kenny Edwards just seem to tell us to get louder and loved it. So He's such uh, a top yeah. bloke as well, Michael Lawrence, isn't he? It's great to see him finish that off as well. Yeah, he deserves every claudy. Every plaud that he gets for me is... He, People use the word legend a lot recently, but for me, he really will go down as a Giants legend. Could Joe doesn't, Jermaine will, because of they played for England, but just because never played for England doesn't mean a difference for me. He's moved from wing to centre to loose forward to second row to prop, and wherever he plays, he, he does a job, and he's yes. probably one of our better players in every position. So for me, when he does call it a day, which is up for a few years down the line yet, he'll go down for me. And I've told him this, he'll go down for me as an Huddersfield Giants legend. Yeah, oh, you can't agree with that. I mean, he's, he's he'd never play for England because I don't think he's got the you know the, the skill and the that's that level of ability to play in a position when you you know you like say England score you've got like Elliot White and other players, flash players like that. But in terms of your know, Super League, every club needs players like him because they're in. You can't fill a squad with you know seventeen flash players, can you? With high level, top class players, but every squad needs him. And I think you know in terms of an all round player and. The positions that he can play and how he's moved through and adapted to players is, is invaluable to Giants. Um, you know, and he's still rel- relatively young. I think at thirty, you know, he's been around since he was seventeen. He's he's been at this club a long time, and I think uh, you know, like Watson made him club captain. I think it was the right decision. You know, he's um, he'll just fill through and through, and he'll probably finish his career here. And he's um, you know, he's just he's just everything what the club's about. Really, you know, he gives hundred hundred percent every week. You never come away thinking Bruno's had a bad game. He's, he's you know, he's, he's a Seven out of ten into every week, or sometimes higher. It brings heart, Jake. Is what he does. He brings. Yeah. He's, he's the heart. You know, players like him are the heart and soul of not just the team but the club as well. And that's you know, every fan you know can can really sort of uh, relate to people like Michael Lawrence and, and Leroy and like you say the, the likes of those and and especially with them coming from the local area as well. It makes it a bit more special when you see play, people like that succeed. So here's to uh, to more good times for Michael Lawrence. So um, 
we couldn't find a Lee fan to give us the uh, the view from the other side. Jake, uh, I think you were too scared to grab someone outside as they didn't look the happiest bunch, did they, uh, coming out of that stadium? Uh, no, no, they did, they did moan quite a lot for the first uh, 60 minutes. They all left jail, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. They're um, all queuing up after seven minutes, waving <laughs> down, what they saw. Um, so but we, yeah, I am Mr. Constant doing for home fans when you're there. And <laughs> I know our fans are just as bad when we're at home, so I'm not oh, yeah. complaining, but every fan does it. But yeah, it's, you know... They're booing for offside and they're still behind the sticks. I just don't get how you can call someone offside. No, because no, you, you, you can't. Yeah, tell Magic you Eyes can't. is a fan, though, don't you? That's the thing. You get these, yeah, <laughs> these tinted glasses. I've had a decent game, so shout out to <laughs> Miss Klaus because I think he's a had a decent game yesterday. Yeah, good stuff. So we can't confirm or deny whether we asked Derek Bowman and he asked for 30 quid to do it. So we, like I say, we can't confirm or deny such things. So we'll move on to, uh, to the next thing. So Josh uh, Phillips is usually with us, but he can't be today uh, due to work. So uh, what he's done is he's sent us a little voice memo with the, a piece on the stats, which we'll just uh, feed in right now. Hi, lads. Sorry I can't join you for this episode. I'm sure you're doing a great job without me. Uh, like many of our fans, I couldn't get to this game, so I was unable to watch it, unfortunately. So uh, thanks to Derek Beaumont for that one. Uh, still, it was good to see that his, his plan worked out because there was 2,000 fans in attendance. Anyway, enough about that. Um, on to the stats for this game. As always, split into the team and individual stats. And I've got to credit Eddie Kay, founder of uh, FIFA Fun, for all the stats on this. If stats is your thing, then go and check out the website, uh, uk. You'll find all the stats from all the games. Any stat imaginable is on there. It's presented really nicely. So shout out to him, as always. Uh, on to the team stats. Um, as you'd expect, as it was the most dominant performance of the season, uh, we scored seven tries, which is our most so far this campaign. And we were well up in most departments, as you'd imagine. We made over 400 more metres than Lee and carried the ball in 50 more times. But there was little to separate the sides in terms of average metre gain, um, which might not be that surprising because uh, we're, not, we're not the biggest team. I don't think we'll bulldoze many teams from start to finish. Um, though I think there were times where we... We did get on the front foot in this game, particularly towards the end. Um, we made seven clean breaks to just one from Lee. And in terms of errors, uh, we made seven and Lee made 12. So that made quite a big difference as well. And as you'd expect, also, Lee had to do quite a lot more defensive work than us. Uh, they made 100 more tackles. Uh, there was a similar tackle success rate between the sides. And Lee gave away eight penalties to our five. So discipline from us was pretty good overall. On to the game stars. And this week's top three, uh, statistically, the stars of the show for us were Ricky Latelli, Michael Lawrence, and Luke Yates. So Latelli was top of the charts in terms of tries, two, clean breaks, three, and tackle busts, six. And he's really showing now why he was such an exciting sign when he came to the club. I, I'm was very excited when he came. You know, he's an NRL grand final winner. I've seen him up against us for Toronto in more recent times, and he's a real threat. And um, he's, he's really starting to hit his straps now for us, which is good to see. Uh, Michael Lawrence, normally you wouldn't associate him with this, but he made the most meters for our team uh, on Sunday 184 meters, which is really some going. As I say, it's not what you'd normally associate with him, but yeah, you know, he's gone to show. He's proved as uh, people like me wrong. You know, you can make these meters, um, but you would normally associate him with most tackles. But 
I think that accolade now is bestowed upon Luke Yates, who for the fourth or fifth, maybe even more week in a row, made the most tackles, 33 in this match, of which he didn't miss any. And uh, I think I've been told that he'll be missing against Wakefield. He'll be banned for that game, which which will be a big miss for us defensively, but I'm sure with likes of Bruno, we'll uh, make up for his absence. Also notable mentions from this game for Josh Jones. I don't think I could do this segment without mentioning his name. He just did uh, Josh Jones things on Sunday, 168 metres, 31 tackles. Absolute superb player. Uh, Lee Gaskell, two assists for him. Again, he continues to be a threat to the opposition. And also might mention for Jack Cogger, who uh, he made the highest average metres in our side, 12.67 metres on average. And he didn't miss any tackles. So really good signs from him as well. That, that wraps it up. Um, make of that what you will, lads. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, thanks to Josh for that, uh, sending that in. Um, there were a couple of things. I think the the only thing that sort of struck me uh, as well is Lee's sort of high error rate, you know, 31 missed tackles um, was quite, you know, quite significantly more than uh, than the Giants' 19, which, you know, when when you've got Ricky Lutelli making those those tack, you know, the six tackle busts there, which is which is excellent. And let's talk about Ricky Lutelli as well, because a couple of weeks ago, when we were making our predictions and what we'd do with the teams, a few of us were kind of thinking, you know, Leroy on the right, you know, Wardle on the you know Wardle on the left, Jake Wardle on the left, and Ricky Lutelli was maybe slipping out of the side for a couple of us, but. Since then, he's, he's proved that we know absolutely nothing because he's been absolutely superb, hasn't he? And such a strike player as well. And three clean breaks, those six tackle busts, 11 metres average gain, you know, two tries. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, I, I can't speak highly of the last two games of, of what we've seen. And um, I think I might even name this episode in his honour this time because uh, he was fantastic. What do you, what were you guys making of, of Lutelli? And, and more importantly, is there more to come from him? Um, yeah, we, we all know he's a quality player. I think we uh, we never doubted that. Um, I think it was the preseason game where he was a bit quiet, and he was also a bit quiet in the first game against Hull. Um, and I think that's what you know put a doubt in a few of his minds that he might, you know, he might, you know, is he? I don't know. We're not playing for a lot of last year. Is it? You know, had a bit of an impact on him, but he's come back from that injury, and God, he looks fit. You know, he's he just looks super fit, strong. Is a you know I'm a bit surprised sometimes why we don't get the ball out that side more often because every time he gets the ball it looks a real threat now, um, real dangerous and it's the first time in, in a while we've had you know players on both sides which can make breaks and that makes us super dangerous at the moment. You know you've got Wardle who's just as good can make breaks and then you've got Lotelli and he cut the complement each other well, um, and you know you've got two wingers at either side that are uh, very lucky to have centres of that quality inside them at the moment. Yeah. Um... I always said Latelli should play left centre as an absolute idiot. To be honest, I think I'm one of them. But, like Matt said, the last two weeks he's, he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, he looked like Jake. He looks strong. He looks fit. He looks every time he touches the ball, he's going to make yards, or he looks like he's going to create something out of nothing for us. And even Ken Edwards together, they had a good relationship. And I just wonder if it's a bit of a coincidence. His form picked up when Caesar came back onto the left hand side of the pitch. And again, I go back to Caesar. That's the influence that he has on the pitch with the, with these lads. He's going to, you know, if he does leave at the end of the year, I think Caesar will be an absolute massive miss. But Latelli, 
Um, I think he's, our, he's probably our top try scorer at the minute. Um, he's playing well. He looks dangerous. He's just like Jake Wardle. Give him early ball, and Jake Wardle will skin someone with his feet and his pace and feed Jerry in well. I tell him that if you give him early ball, he looks like he could run over the top of any centre in Super League, doesn't he? And he's also got the hands, which he proved was against Ellen to put Dan Ellen for half time. And him and Kenny Edwards, they work well together. So, yeah, Latella is massive shout out. Um, I think he only signed a one year deal, didn't he? So, his contract's up. So, for me, he and Watson and Richard Fields, if you're listening, we'll have him for another two, more, two or three more years, please. Strange, wasn't that? Because I saw a few articles that said it was two years. And I think when he did that video, when he was announcing himself to the Giants fans at the beginning of the year, he did say, I'll be here for the next couple of years. Um, I'll have to go back on Giants TV and see if I can find that one, but I'm pretty certain he did. But then obviously seen Matt Shaw put up on Twitter um, that he's out of contract. So, um, yeah, if he is out of contract, yeah, we need to be getting him signed up as soon as possible. No, um, I agree, but, Jake. I thought he signed a two-year deal as well. So, yeah. And I saw the same article that he's out of contract. I understand that Josh Jones signed a year contract due to salary cap issues. Um, obviously, we've got... A large chunk of salary cap coming off at the end of the year. I think I'm with the likes of Leroy and Gasky and Gavit out of contract too. Might not or might stay. That's depending on what all. But yeah, hopefully we can get Josh Jones and like I said, definitely the teller there. Like I said, Josh Jones again, fantastic game yesterday. Never no mentions him because he does that every week, doesn't he? So Yeah, it's class. Josh Jones, another is a seven eight I had seven or eight out of ten every single week and like I said, but massive part to all the lads for me yesterday were excellent. Yeah. It's uh, meters after contact with Otelli and Jones. You know, we, we haven't had that in previous years. We've missed it. And both of them, every time they get balls, so difficult to put down. You can get an extra three, four, five meters after contact. And like I said, Bruno surprised me with it. But yet again, he, I think he did play. Did he play 80 minutes? Yes, on Sunday? Not sure. I, I don't remember him going off field, but, you know, he's an 80 minute stint for almost 200 meters. You know, he's that's some going, is that? Fair, fair play to him. 100%. Yeah, fantastic. So um, another another man there as well mentioned, and I wouldn't call him an unsung hero because we, we sing his praises every week, Luke Yates. You know, 100% tackling rate is just phenomenal, isn't it? He's an absolute machine in there. And, um, you know, 150 metres as well, tackle bus. That is a really smart signing, isn't it? Because I remember when he was linked from Salford and they're thinking, yeah, okay. And, you know, I, I've completely underestimated how, how good Luke Yates is. I don't know about anyone else. His quality, you know, he did look, he did look really tired at one point yesterday. He had his hands on his head, and you wonder why, because that stint he puts in his his fitness levels must be absolutely through the roof for such a a little bloke as well in terms of prop size. Is a he just he gets stuck in, never takes a backward step, never gets put on his back. He's a and he's he's only a young lad himself, really. I think he's only about twenty five still, so you know he's got a long career ahead of him. And as another one that I hope he stays for a lot longer. You know he's um. Seems to be getting better and better year on year as well. You know, when you're at London, he, stood, he were a standout for them. Really good for Salford last year. And he's looking like, you know, central part of our team as well. Um, he's a, yeah, just really, really good, tough player. Absolutely, um, yeah, brilliant signing by Watson. Yeah, so uh, Michael Lawrence was the, the last one I've, I've got to mention as well down here. You know, his stats were, were fantastic. I think he's probably missed one tackle in the entire game and that's rare for him as it is. Um, but 184, 184 meters for uh, for Michael Lawrence is is phenomenal. Thirty two tackles, eighteen carries, ten meter gain. You know, like you say, he's moved. He's play. He's pretty much played from two to thirteen, hasn't he, in his career? I don't think I've ever seen him play fullback, and I think he just needs that for the full set, almost, <laughs> doesn't he? But he's he's just an absolutely phenomenal player. And again, 
looking through these, especially the tackling stats, this is where the Giants are really flourishing this year, isn't it? I think sometimes in the past, maybe under different managers with different players, you, you may have, uh, we may have thought there's a slight soft underbelly there, but to me, this this team seems like it's made of granite. It's it's fantastic to see how they they love the arm wrestle. They the they really sort of you know uh, really thrive on it, if you like. And and sometimes people find that boring, don't they? The, the arm wrestle, but I, I find it quite interesting. Uh, but for me, this is this is the strength of this team is that they're so difficult to break down. And and when you've got the backs that we've got, you know, Darnell. Dan play. I thought, he, you know, in the, the highlights, he looked like he made a number of different um, uh, contributions as well, which were great. I know there's another one there for a contract, isn't there, Darnell? But um, when you've got those backs and Aiden Caesar, then, Nate, it's on. The playoffs are on. I'm telling you, know, I'm, I'm fully on board that bus. You know, that top six is is is, <laughs> is coming. I'm not going to start singing rugby's coming home or anything daft like that. But it looks good, doesn't it? And, you know, it's easy to get carried away after a couple of wins, admittedly. But, you know, you're looking at Wakefield and you think, you know, another win and, and all of a sudden potentially another win touch wood jinxed you know, and all that uh, but it's starting to look good isn't it is what I'm trying to say without getting yeah. too carried away obviously which I am a little bit well that's it you've got to try to get too carried away aren't you? but I said to Jake before we won again that the playoffs are still on and stop panicking it's <laughs> you know we're only six points off we won three and like I say you go to Wakefield who to be fair to Wakefield they had a very good win themselves at home yesterday to OKR which many people probably thought OKR beat him. Um, they're probably very lucky not to beat Leeds away the week before, so there'll be no rollover, no pushovers on Sunday at home. But back of a win, they're going to be up for it, aren't they? So it'll be another tough game, but I think we should come out on top. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but I reckon we will come out on top. And then your four wins in a row, and Jake said we couldn't do six in a row. Well, you've got two home games with back-to-back Giants fans there, so you never know, do you? And if you get four or five wins in a row, and if you lose to the Wigan game, then you go and beat Salford. You've won five out of your last six, and you're in and around that sixth place going to the second half of the season. And to be fair to them, they've done really well. Um, I know the word I like and Jay don't like is the process. You know, Ian Watson stuck to his process, he stuck to his guns. This is how he coached his team. And I keep saying it every week, you can tell that this Giants team that we've got here now, they're buying into what Ian Watson wants. You can tell Watson's happy with what's going on. We're staying in our muscles a lot longer than we used to be able to. We're, we know when to play. Caesar, Cogger, Gasky, they've got a good relationship and combination. And they should, you know, I said, keep going, keep working. Nothing's easy. Like I said, Wakefield will not be easy on Sunday. Don't, please don't think this will be a rollover. Yeah. They've got a good team out there. And I think Chris Chester's a decent coach. And like I said, Wakefield, they'll, they'll be up for it. They're back at their own fans there again after back of a win, first winning. Can't be around in games they've lost now. Probably should have beat Leeds the week before, like I said. So. We need to go there with the right attitude again. Like Jake said, it could be one of the dodgy ties where you think we might think we'll roll over, but we won't. And I'm sure Watson won't allow that. But yeah, I do fancy to win, but won't be no rollover on Sunday. Tricky without Luke Yates, though, Jake. Or trickier. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a big miss, but then it gives, you know, some other players like Holly Wilson a chance who has been, you know, 18th man, I think, for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, he's not done it wrong when he has played. So. He'll, he'll be looking forward and, you know, like we said before, we didn't think we had the strength in depth. If you look down that list of players that are currently fit now, Ashton Golding's back fit, so here you've got Jack Ashworth, you've got um, Ollie Wilson, you've got James Gavey, you've got Louis Senior, Ollie Russell, Sam Wood. You know, there's a lot of players there that can come in and do a job. 
So when teams playing well, which we are at the moment, if then players are coming in, they've got to really perform to give themselves a chance of being inside for next week. Otherwise, if they don't, they'll be straight back out and Yates will straight back in. Well, Yates will be straight back in anyway against Wigan, um, who've always played this year. But I think it'll probably do him good because he's, you know, he's putting some big minutes in and he's played every game so far. And it means he can recharge his batteries ready for the Wigan game because he'll need to put another massive shift in against them. Um, but I do, I do think the same. I think we should come out on top. You know, I think we've got a little bit too much quality for Wakefield. Um, it's just about getting in it, getting in the game early there because um, you know they like to moan as well, <laughs> uh, like every club, and don't want it to have an impact on referee or you know get behind and give fans something to cheer about. I think we need to get on them early doors. And like I said, it'll be our game, but I think we will come out on top. And if we do come out on top and Castleford lose to Leeds, we are in we are in the top six. Mm. What are you saying, Nate? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I don't think Castle lose to Leeds, unfortunately, but even if we don't win to the top six, we'll be all right. We'll be there there about second half of the season, you know. Let's get consistency, and I don't see why we can't. I'm still backing us for top six. Luke Yates, yeah, it'll be a massive miss, massive, massive miss, but... For me, we will go full strength this week. We've got to remember we've got a week off after, you know, Charles Cup semi-finals that we're not involved in. So, I'm sure, they'll get a few days off after the Wakefield game to recharge. So it's probably a shame he's missing that. But like I say, it's a chance to give someone else. I'd actually probably play James Gabbard myself and give him a go. It's you know he's done a massive deal. So let's see. You know, now he's been out of the team a few weeks. You'd expect a big performance from him. So mm. let's you know put him back in and see what he can do for us. Looks like Greenwood might be missing as well. He went off first half and he didn't look in a good way, so could be that both Gavitt and Wilson both get a chance this week. That wouldn't surprise me. Mm. Obviously, with with Wakefield, Bill Tupo is a, a danger that they have as well, isn't he? He's a, he's a decent player. Um, Tom Johnston's one of their best players, but I don't think he's been playing this season, has he? So there's no, no, no we'll, news we'll on. He'll be playing for a few he's... weeks. He's, um, he's, he's got, got a bit of an head issue similar to what Ward had from Leeds a couple of years back and you know ended up having to retire eventually, but I don't think it's quite as bad, but it's no, been we'll, suffering. I um, wish him the best threat. either way. Yeah, it's for Fita for me that's the issue. Always plays well against us. Mm. Always seems to raise his game. He's caused us numerous issues in the past. If we can uh, shut him down when he comes on, I think we'll we'll win. That's why I said I'd play Gavin. Let's just set Gavin on him and tell Gavin that's it. Yeah, there, big man, you're our big man. Go match him and show him who's boss. And fingers crossed, I'll have a good game for us. But whatever Watson decides, I'll I'll trust him, Watson, to get it right. Um, I think Joe Greenwood did fail a head test, didn't he? So I think if he failed his head test, and I don't think he can play anywhere on Sunday, so he'll definitely be missing, I think. Mm, play welfare, I think. But that's uh, probably the best thing for for all concerned if uh, if he sits that one out, if it, there's a head knock there. Uh, Predictions-wise, what, what are you guys going for? Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I said that last week against Lee, but I do genuinely think this will be a, a tight game, maybe a, a six-point win I would I would go for for the Giants, maybe six or seven points, or four, or maybe five or seven, something like something along those lines. But not a lot between them. I think Wakeier, you know, with it being a local derby, you know, the crowd back in, I think they'll have something to prove. Um, and obviously, a win last week, you know, spur spur them on. So I think it's going to be a tight one. But I think that that arm wrestle, you know, and how we uh, how we take or how we drag teams into that arm wrestle when they're they're in the you know in the ascendancy, I think is is really key to to how we play and. Uh, I'm looking forward to grinding them down, hopefully, and uh, and pushing through with a, a one-try win. Uh, what about you guys? I'll go for 26-16. It'd be quite interesting as well if uh, Innes is on the wing for Wakey. I'm not so sure if he's allowed to play against us, but that'll be quite interesting if he is. 
be a slight own goal if we allowed it as part of the loan, if you can do because obviously I'm more off fair with football loans and you usually don't allow the, them to play against the parent club, but it might be a bit of an own goal if that's an option for us to uh, to refuse. He hasn't actually been playing, I don't think he's in this for Wakefield anyway. I don't think he's been getting selected, so I don't think he'll play anyway. But my prediction, I'll go with Giants by 14. That's a decent win, is that? Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see that. You guys will be there at the game as well, I presume? Yep. Yeah, I'll be there. Always, always. Uh, right, so uh, we're going into uh, any other business or the Adam O'Brien round, as we're going to call this, the AOB. Um, one thing that you want to get your teeth into, Nathaniel, and I think I'll weigh in a little bit on this as well, is that the, the RFL have made a decision to reduce the number of uh, classified acad- academy systems. Uh, they haven't given so much as an explanation, explanation so far, not a detailed one. Uh, the likes of John Bateman, etc., have come out and, and condemned it. Uh, theories behind us saying they're trying to strengthen the community game, uh, but this also weakens the larger pool, surely, as well, in, in terms of academy structures. We've seen... Uh, clubs like Salford, etc., say that they, you know, Witness have recently um, cast their academy away, haven't they? And you know, obviously, Witness are in a different situation, not being in Super League. But you know, the whole, uh, you know, had the whole joint venture. We're seeing this academy structure shrink a little bit, and this is my worry with rugby league in general: is that they seem to think sometimes that shrinking things down uh, promotes growth. But I, I'm someone who believes the the complete opposite way, and. These players, for me, Nate, need opportunities. They need pathways. They need, you know, they need development. They need top coaches or the best coaches rugby league has. I don't think this is a good move in the slightest. No, I completely agree, and I'm being very vocal on it on Twitter that I think it's an absolute joke that they think this. Um, people who know me know I've been involved with our academy by doing it social media, and I've travelled with our under nines to away games, and I see how much it means to them. They take it seriously. Super players do it. This is massive for them, and. For me, you look at the top teams in the league, your Wiggins, your Leeds, your St. Helens, they're the three teams that win the grand final every year. What do all them three teams have? Strong academies who bring people through and then bring the big players in to play with the youngsters. That's why they win Super League a lot of the time. We're starting it. Howard Castleford, Hulkier, Bradford, anyone else who wants one, supposed to grow if they're taking the youth out of them. So all the youth will go to better teams. And then they're expecting chairmen to pump all their money into it when they're losing money as it is. Mm. I don't get the reason for why they've done it. And I just think it's an absolute joke that they've done it. There's there's some great clubs in Castleford. You're thinking sort of Lock Lane and all that over there. You know, the, there's so many players that come from that area, that little triangle. And to take away the opportunities that they've got just seems bizarre, Jake, to me. You know, it, it, it's just yeah, rugby I, I league. I do agree with that. Stamping yeah, on its own it's, feet. It's a, it's a poor decision. Um, but. When I kind of got my head around it, I did have a look at the teams that they've sort of let out, and I was a bit bamboozled to why Castleford have lost an academy um, and Wakefield have kept theirs. Because if you look at over recent years, I know there's more to it than that, but if you look at results in recent years, Wakefield Academy generally get hammered most weeks, and uh, Castleford, for example, beat our academy uh, not last week and the weekend before. You know, and they've got some good young players there at the moment. Um, Bradford. You know, they're in championship, but they've produced a hell of a lot, you know, probably just as many players as any Super League academy have at the moment. You know, you'd like to Bateman, Burgesses, um, Whitehead, you know. Um, Again, Dudley Hill. Be- Dudley Bentley, Hill over there. Yeah, like loads of top players. We've we've picked up a few from Bradford ourselves that have come from Bradford Academy uh, in this time. Joe Wardle, I think, were in Bradford Academy before he came to Giants. Ollie Wilson. Ollie Roberts, yeah. 
you know, Ollie Roberts, yeah, you know, we've we've produced quite a lot of players ourselves. So I think we deserve, you know, if you look at players, Jake Connor, Leroy Kudrow, Michael Lawrence, Jimmy McGillivray, Daniel McIntosh, Mac English, we can go on forever. You know, we've produced some good players ourselves, but I'd be disappointed if I was LKR, you know, I'd be disappointed if I was Castleford because, it, you know, that's the difference. You know, Castleford suddenly now become a bit like a Salford where you're just relying on taking players from other clubs and, you know, not bringing your youth through. And they've had a couple of decent players come through in recent times. You know, Daryl Clark, Joe Westerman come through Castleford, I think. Um, you know, and they've got some ones at the moment like Peachy and they had a lad that's just gone over to NRL. Um, can't remember his name. Uh, signed for Newcastle Knights. Yeah, Hodgson. Um, you know, so, yeah, really disappointing for them and wrong decision for me, you know, because, like I said, it narrows talent pull down. Uh, but on the flip side, I've heard somebody say to me the other day, you do go to some academy games and some god-awful players at Summit Games, and I do agree with that. There is, and, you know, some of them that play in academy have not gotten hope in hell of making it professionally. But saying that, but that's like that in every sport, you know, you need them players to be able to fill a team and to allow the better players to go on and progress. And it's not just that, they do get some education out of it as well. So, you know, there'll be a lot of kids miss out now because of that and you know they'll, they'll be lost at game and you, you may find some of them that don't develop till later on might find a different career doing something else that could end up being a, a star player so mm, yeah and also disappointing. You, you also run the risk of losing them to rugby union clubs as well around the area because they do pay decent money for, yeah. for kids coming through and and as we know rugby union is not as hard to play it's not as physically demanding which is true yeah as Kyle no, Gi- Gi- Giants that. was a victim of that when we lost I think Ben Bamba you know down to rugby union down to Bristol uh, yep. Big, big, and I think he'd, I think he'd have been pushing, you know, getting it first team at the moment if we'd have promoted him at that time. Um, we didn't, and you know, he's down there now and doing quite well. So I hear. So yeah, and I think there'll be more players that follow that that path. Yeah, so it's a, a shout. It's a shout. There's a petition going around about the academies. So if anyone wants to sign it, then just message me on Twitter or Facebook, and I'll send it your way so you can all sign it, and we'll show the RFL that it's not the right decision. Mm, so we've not got left, long left on this uh, on this Zoom chat. Um, right, guys, I think that's probably all we've got for this week as well. It's been great to speak to you guys again. Um, and thanks for uh, thanks for, for joining in. And, uh, and hopefully Josh will be back uh, back with us next week as well. I uh, just want to say a big uh, thank you to everybody who, which has made or who's made episode four the most listened to uh, as well of, uh, of all our uh, episodes. Um, don't. Don't be shy in the comment section. Let us know if we're talking rubbish. We don't mind too much. Um, so yeah, get involved in on the YouTube channel and everything, and and it's fun, and uh, hopefully have a little bit of uh, back and forth with you guys. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So thanks again, everyone. Thanks guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. Here we are, here we are, here we